Hey, what up, squad? Hope you guys are having a great day. Welcome to the ADAPT session where we have intrinsic convos on mindset, exercise, and life's ever-changing experiences with your host, Joe and Mondo. What's up, everybody? How's it going today? We have a special topic on, on tap right now. We're talking about football, baby. Makes sense, right, with this, the big event coming in. What's it called again, Joe? No, I'm kidding. It's called um, the Super Bowl. I think it's, um, oh, uh, I never heard of that. What is that? Oh, the Super Bowl, you know. Anyways, we have a guest here today, one of Joe's childhood friends. Everybody, welcome Long. What's up, everybody? What's up? What's up? So, JoJo, let us know, man. Get us informed. How did you meet this? How did you meet your homie? And uh, talk about history. Oh, man. Um, me and Long have known each other since the third grade. Really long time. Um, how old are you when you're in third grade? You're like, what, seven, eight, something like that? Yeah, you're like, yeah. yeah. Seven, eight, something like that. I, I believe it's eight, yeah, because second grade is seven. So we've known each other since the third grade, since we're eight years old, man. Uh, we just gravitated towards each other when it came to playing sports. We were both really into sports as, as kids, as youths. Um, and then we really bonded uh, playing football. That was our favorite sport, talking about sports, talking about football, playing football. And then uh, from there, you know, we just developed a friendship over the years. There you go. Anything to, say, anything to add to that, Long? Yeah, I think uh, sports are super important because as a child, second, third, fourth grade, I felt like I was like, personally, Joe was like the cool kid. Uh, he was great at sports, super nice guy, cool kid. And here I am, like a nice guy that was like trying to fit in so I, I kind of got bullied a little bit as a kid, but you know I I try to I try to play sports and find my calling. And then Joe was one of the few person that taught me and was super nice to me at that age. And then he kind of took me under his wing. And what I wanted to do is be good at football at that time, just so I could kind of like be valuable. And then you know. <clears throat> I still think of it today. Like I felt like football is not just a sport. It kind of helped me mold into the person I am today. Kept me out of trouble and everything. Let's get more into this. You know, football is also a sport that I that I love. We all grew up with it. We've um, to give you guys a background. Joe and I months ago were planning on doing a football episode, and what ended up happening was. We've talked about it before on, on the 2020 episode where Joe wasn't exactly ecstatic about doing football at the time. Mm -hmm. But what ended up happening was in us talking about football, but then also discussing what was happening around sports as a whole landscape, the sports session ended up being born out of this. So you can consider this also a sports session and a special edition. And we're talking about all different sports but originally this episode was going to happen last summer but you know what is it that i always say the comeback is always greater than the setback so today we present it as a special edition in, in during super bowl week so we can talk about not just our love for the game but also just how much it's grown and how much it's shaped our lives you know i think it's, it's a perfect it always feels like a big event. You guys, I think you would agree with that. Every week, every Sunday, it feels like it's a big event because of a different matchup, right? It's only 16 games a year, and it feels like every game is a big event. Yep, agreed, agreed. 
I would say, uh, um, not to be the bad guy, but I would, I would disagree with you. Um, and I would say, and I would say why, um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this as an adult, I don't really care about sports anymore, to be honest with you. Not like I used to when I was a kid. That's why I didn't want to do the football episode before I'm, my mind's more preoccupied with different things. Let's just say that. Um, but I did used to feel that way as a kid. And I think it was very important for me to have sports in my life as a kid, especially football, because it, it was a character building sport. It taught me discipline. It taught me how to lose, how to lose properly and take those losses as lessons. Um, I established lifelong friendships with people like with you, Armando, ever since I met you when we were younger, you know, we, we gravitated towards each other and we really started bonding because of, because of sports football in particular, same thing with long when we were kids. Um, so I think it's sports are great for kids to develop, you know, character, character building skills, um, and just develop them as youths as they're growing up. Right. Um, camaraderie, team camaraderie, building friendships that way. Uh, you know, a lot of other things that are kind of slipping my mind right now, but all of the above that I just mentioned, but as an adult, it, you know, if I'm being real, it doesn't feel like that to me anymore. Cause I'm just worried about other things, but I know for you for long, for a lot of other adults, sports is still a big deal. And that's awesome. If it's, you know, done um, in a positive and productive way, it could even be a way for parents to bond with their kids. But for me personally, it's not like that anymore. Yeah. So What's I like that if you if you don't mind me asking specifically, what's up, baby? <clears throat> if you don't mind me asking, what do you mean by what's not like that? Um, I I don't I don't love sports like I used to. I I love the athleticism behind it. Uh, being a trainer, I see how the athletes move, how their body moves, um, and I still enjoy watching them. But I just don't. It's I don't have the love for the game anymore. If that makes sense. Damn, Joe's the party pooper already. <laughs> I'm just being real, you know. Uh, you know if, and it's all good, right? Because this is a sports session. We're talking about football. Uh, I think sports have a, they play a, a great role in our lives, honestly, for a lot of things. But just in my opinion, um, I also believe sitting down to watch a game for like three hours is a waste of time. That that's just for me. I'd rather be doing something more productive with my time. That's what I, that's what I mean. As an adult, I'm trying to accomplish different things. And when it comes to sports, it just doesn't sit the same with me. That's just me though. Yeah. I hear you. What a villain. <laughs> Man, I'm the opposite on Sundays. I'm watching, I'm watching it from the start of 10 o'clock all the way to the last game at 8 PM <clears throat> on Sundays during NFL season. It's like my day. Like I'm watching from the whole, the start to finish. And usually it has to do with like rooting for your team, obviously, and then rooting for just players. For example, sports has gone so high, like fantasy football has gotten so big now. It used to be big, but it's even bigger now because now there's daily fantasy sports where people are putting money on it. And then as you get older, I feel like a lot of the adults, you know, like watching sports because you could gamble, right? Daily fantasy sports or, or gambling. And that just it's just like a site of enjoyment watching a team or rooting for a team or a player to do well and then making money. So I think it is like an addiction in a way, especially yeah. football season. 
so for the record, I totally I understand where Joe is coming from when he says that there's better thing to do with your time in terms of production. But I think where I'm getting at is that it feels like a big event because it's one time a week, especially when you're watching your own team and you're watching them and you're with a group of friends or you guys are watching at the same time, you guys are texting together, maybe Zoom together, maybe FaceTime, and you guys are what you guys are just like it's one of the coolest bonding things that you can do. You know what I mean? Like it's like, or you go to the local bar, watch a, watch a game with some of your friends. Um, I'll give you a story right up, right up, right away. The open the see the kickoff for 2019. We had to do a fall festival promotion, and we all went to the one of the restaurants and the sports bar there, and we started we were watching the game right there, mm-hmm. and that was that was one of the dopest things that we could have done. Like it was really cool being in that environment, being in that atmosphere with people who are also fans and just enjoying the game, just enjoying. I think that's something that football brings, you know, and it only happens once a week. Right. And it happens. And the season always feels like just because there is 16 games, it doesn't always feel as long. And I think there, there, it does have like it kind of like a big boxing match feel to it, you know, like kind of has that big event feel to it because once a week, and I think it's um, it's very unique when it comes to those top three sports, you know, baseball, football, and basketball, because it is once a week. I I, I definitely don't disagree, <clears throat> guys. I understand why people love them. It's um, what's the word I'm looking for here? When I watch it, it uh, it brings me back to my childhood days you know and and I reminisce a little bit but um for me I guess it's more of uh let me see when I was younger I really wanted to be an athlete man like that was like I loved it as long I I loved it it was was, as long I knew you back then yeah it was like my complete passion right but now as an adult um I just have I have uh, other things that are occupying my mind that I find more important. Um, and, and if I'm being real, this, again, this is just how I see it, right? I understand how you see it and I understand how long sees it and why the public sees it that way. It's awesome, nothing wrong with it. This is just for me, okay? I'm still a 49ers fan. I'm still a Warriors fan. I'm still a Sharks fan. I'm still a Giants fan, right? Like those are my teams. I'll watch the big games. Like if my teams were in the playoffs, I'd be watching it. If my teams are going to the championship, I'd be watching it. But I don't really care what's going on during the season because with all due respect to them and all the fans, and there's probably going to be people that don't like this, but I honestly don't care. My team winning the championship or, or them or my favorite player doing really good in the season doesn't pay my bills. It doesn't grow me as a person. And it doesn't do anything for me in my personal life. So I honestly don't care. I'm trying to, instead of watching somebody else do great things, I'm trying to do something with my life. That's how I look at it. And to clarify, when he says that he doesn't really care about the regular season, he's full of crap too. He likes towards the end of the, he likes the second half when, nah. when things get bigger. So he's just trying to, he's just trying to get a rise out of the audience right now. Not, not at all. No, I'm, I'm, I'm being, I'm being legit. So you see, I'm I'm in I'm in a in a bunch of group text messages with like my family and like my friends. That's what Armando's talking about. And they'll talk about the game with the Niners or whoever it is. And then if they say something like, "Oh yeah, I know a little bit about that," like you know what, I'm gonna chime in a little bit. I'll chime in here and there, but I like I don't care. 
you know, the if my teams win win the championship, that's good for them. It's good for the franchise. What is it doing for me? It's not doing nothing for me. Well, anyways, let's discuss growing up, right? So everybody knows that Joe and I are Niner fans. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Long, well, he didn't grow up. <laughs> and he's a Cowboy fan. Yep. And he admits it publicly. <laughs> so since we were born in we were born in the 90s, we were born literally in the heart of the the last the last time the Niners and the Cowboys were just going at it, going at it, right? So Joe's talking about right now how he's not the biggest fan right now. But back then he was a huge fan. If you ask him about anything before, I would say before fitness mindset became a thing, Joe will probably know about it. Yeah. And you know, that's that's exactly why it's not a big deal to me anymore. I have other things to worry about. <laughs> and now we got a podcast to worry about too. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so so please, and, and to everybody listening, don't think that Joe and I are not getting along. It's just me giving him shit, and I always give him shit. <laughs> and it's the same thing with, with the other way around. Even though Joe's a little more subtle about it on the air, once 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 we turn off the microphone, he is brutal. And it, it's just one of those things when you grew up, the way we grew up, the Niners were still dominant. The Niners were still in the middle of that dynasty, they still had Steve Young as quarterback. And then the Cowboys came out of nowhere and they had Troy Aikman, they had Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, etc. Yeah. So when we were little kids and we were growing up, it was Niners Cowboys every year in the NFC Championship. And, who, and to the point where it was considered, that was considered the real Super Bowl. Whoever won the NFC Championship, they were going to go on to win the Super Bowl. So long as a as a cowboy fan, and despite the fact that Ollie that you guys have probably the only division that's remained consistent for the past 50 years or so. Uh-huh. Would you consider would you consider the Niners as your biggest rival? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, obviously being a cowboy fan living in the Bay Area, I see it more so. Yeah. But I think the Cowboys and Niners is always gonna be one of the biggest rivalry for us. You, you think so? Like, okay, so Armando brings up an interesting point. Yep. When I was when I was a kid, there were a few teams that I hated, right? One of them was the Cowboys. Yeah. I hated the Cowboys when I was a kid as, as a Niner fan. Long was my boy, you know, so me and him would, like, go at it back and forth, like, just joking around, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. just joking. But, like, just because Long's a fan of the team, he's not – you know, a part of the organization. So I don't hate him. He's my friend. <laughs> Let's just make that very clear. But I, but I just hated the rivalry that the Niners and the Cowboys had because I felt like it was pretty neck and neck and it was like a 50, 50 chance who was going to win the fucking game. So I did not like that. Yeah. Uh, I will say this though, Joe, even though, even though you're a little more disconnected right now, when we had that, uh, when we had that preseason game against the Cowboys last year. Oh yeah, I got into that. Oh, yeah, one. we got into that. One. <laughs> I got into that one. <laughs> we got into that one. <laughs> so yeah, and, and to add to what Joe was saying, the Cowboys are one team, the Packers are the other team, mostly because yeah. we couldn't beat the Packers back then. 
but um, I would say, but I would say the Cowboys, man, that's a historically, that's a that, that's a, that's like almost five, that's about five decades of of battles between the Niners and the Cowboys, man. You were talking in the 70s, you couldn't beat them and we couldn't get a championship to save our lives. And then the catch happened and the, the Cowboys went into the depths of hell. Yeah. What, what were you going to say before that long? You were going to say something, bro. Oh, I was going to say, Joe knows his favorite football player as a kid was Joey Galloway. He always talked about Joey Galloway. Joey Galloway. Cowboys wide receiver. Quincy oh, Carter. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, he was dope, though. I, I'm not going to hate on him. <laughs> he was good with the he was good with the uh, the Tampa Bay uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty and, good. You know what? A safety that I hella liked from the Cowboys too was like well, that. Long told me that oh, you remind me of him when we were kids, right? He was like, oh, yeah. you, you you play like Roy Williams. Roy uh-huh. Williams. He was a hard hitter. Oh yeah, he was. He used to he used to hit hard, man. And then and then Long showed me some clips because obviously I wasn't a Cowboys fan, so I didn't watch them. I you know. And being in the Bay Area, the only time we'd like see them is if is if we played them, right? Like you wouldn't see their their games on TV mm-hmm. yeah. unless you had like like special direct TV or, or or you know cable or something. Or if they were on prime time or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So I wasn't too familiar with them at the time, and then Long was like, "Oh, he's been in for like one or two years." So he showed them to me, and I was like, "Oh, damn, this dude's dope. I like him." Yeah. Man, I just remember. Uh... It's kind of funny because this year I, we played the I have, the Niners played the uh, the Cowboys this year, mm-hmm. and we're all excited, right? Especially over here because Joe will tell Joe and I can tell you, man, back in the mid two thousands, those mm-hmm. were some dark years for the Niners. And the coach at that time was Mike Nolan. Yeah, I remember. AKA the guy who who um, who picked Alex Smith over Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Best decision ever. Yeah. Anyways, he um, came back to the league this year as a defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Yeah. So I remember telling Joe at the time, I was like, "Hey, guess who's guess who's the Cowboys uh, coordinator?" And I, I tell him, "Hey, it's hey Mike Nolan's back." And he's like, "He's like, stop fucking with me. Who the hell would hire him?" And then he and the thing that made us laugh though, because Joe talks about how he's not the biggest fan anymore. But he looked at the coaching staff for the Cowboys, and he's like, "Yo, this is the same shit from when when he fucked up the Niners." Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, he fucks up the Cowboys too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, our defense is really bad. He actually got let go a couple weeks ago. Oh, he did. Um, yeah, one year. I was hoping you would keep him. He'd ruin you guys a little more. <laughs> yeah, he but, was like. That. It's just honestly, man. Like the Cowboy Niner rivalry, man. Like, yeah, we got the Seahawks, the Rams, and the and the division. But well, well, we got those now. Those weren't that. I mean, division rivalries were always a big deal. But like nowadays, like those got like blown up. But before Cowboys, yeah. Packers. I mean, those were some of the two biggest teams that yeah. I like. And not to mention, they always changed the NFC West. The only team that's really remained in the NFC West the entire time were the Niners. It was. And the Rams too, like they'd always switch the other two teams. At one point, there were like six teams in that division, including mm-hmm. the, uh, the Falcons and the uh, and the Saints. And they got and they kept on switching off the teams. That makes no sense. Why would you put the Atlanta Falcons in the NFC West or the New Orleans Saints? 
I don't know, man. That, that was back in the day, though. That was back when they had less amount of teams, but, but you got me there. You got me there. That, I mean, I, I guess that makes sense if they didn't have enough teams in this region of the, of the country. So I guess eh, the, the NFC West was always like changing teams. The only team that the only teams that remained in the NFC West were the Niners and the Rams. That's it. What 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 do you, what do you think about the the Niner and the Cowboy rivalry long? Because I know you said that you know it was a pretty big rivalry, but do you think that was uh, honestly bigger than like your division rivals? Because I know you guys got a big one with like the Eagles and the Redskins. Yeah, yeah I I think think so. the same thing, right? I think with the Redskins, well, the Washington football team is always going to be big. But I think for me, for me personally, uh, just living in the Bay Area the Niners are probably the biggest because every time, like if you, even if you look, like if you try to go to a Niner game right now and they play like the Cardinals or something, tickets, you could get as low as like 40, 50 bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. But, when, but when you know, like the Cowboys are coming to town, it's a minimum of one to 200 minimum. No bleeds just because of like they, that rivalry is so big and the Cowboys is such a big name in the media. Like just going to watch a Cowboy game is super expensive. So and you always see like Niners and Cowboy fans. I mean, I see a lot of Cowboy fans in the Bay Area. So yeah, really there is a lot of Cowboy fans out here. You guys, you guys are deep out here in Cali. I was surprised. My cousin's a Cowboy fan too, so me and him would always go at it. Yep. And you know what's funny is also uh, when the Niners would go visit Dallas, the Niners fans were. You would feel the Niner presence in there. That was a game, the last game that the that Patrick Willis, the last thing that Patrick Willis was with us, I think that was 14. Mm-hmm. Went over to Dallas and they they intercepted Tony uh Tony Romo a couple like about two or three times. And if you look at the crowd, it was mostly Niner fans. I remember. Yeah. So yeah, that was so there's t- so yeah, man, there's that, that's a rivalry that's um I would love to see it get get reinvigorated you know what i mean i would love to see it get reignited in the coming year maybe next year we'll see it looks like our both of our teams did bad this year so usually the next year we we look we'll probably do better yeah so hopefully hopefully we get that man because i mean i would love to see the niners and the cowboys uh reignite that rivalry because i mean as much as we dislike the the seahawks out here Mm -hmm. the seahawks man that's not that's not the cowboys man the cowboys were Cowboys <laughs> ruined some some playoff runs for us, man. So, so let me ask you guys: this. How did you guys become Niner fans? Like, what made you guys Niner fans out of every team? I was born into it. You were born into it. Why you jump? Um, my my family were Niner fans, so you know, okay. just na- na- naturally, you know, I became a Niner fan. Just like uh, when I was a kid, I actually used to be a a Laker fan before I was a Warriors fan. If I'm being real. Because yeah, my, my uncle was, is like a big – he likes the Niners and the Sharks, of course. But uh, he was a big uh, Laker and Dodger fan because I guess when he was growing up, they were like, you know, the the teams, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he influenced me a little bit with the Lakers, and that's how Kobe became my favorite player. I liked the Lakers when I was a kid. But then, like, when I started, you know, get, getting into my teens, I was like, man, I'm from the Bay. The Warriors are the team. I mean, even though they sucked, I yeah. was like, I'm a, I'm a Warriors fan. Like – I'd rather leave the team with more championships and a better franchise to be loyal to where I'm from. So, cause I was only um, influenced by him, but yeah, so that's how I became a Niner fan. And 
and every other sports team was, you know, my family. Okay, it's good to know. Yeah, he was he was a huge Kobe fan back in the day. I remember that. Still remember those man. Didn't you have the my favorite player? Didn't you have the crazy eights back in the day too? Yeah, I did. So there you go, man. Like it's fandom, man. Like when you're a kid, you're a fan of the player. Yeah, for and sure. It wasn't, it wasn't until later that I, like I love the Niners, but my favorite player as a kid was Jerry Rice. Gotcha. Yeah. So. When he left the Niners, man, I didn't know how to act. Because <laughs> it was like, man, how are you going to lose the greatest receiver of all time? Yeah. Who was your favorite player, Long? Right now or growing up? No, yeah, growing up. Mm, I, honestly, my favorite player growing up was Randy Moss. Just because I was, I was a wide receiver, and he was the best wide receiver, like, when I was growing up. Um, I still think he's probably the best receiver. Uh to play, even though Jerry Rice is up there with me, longevity-wise, everything Jerry Rice does is really well. But I think Jerry, Randy Moss like revolutionized wide receiver. Uh, how how so? You, like the way he plays, like you know his his big catches, like what what, what is Man, it? I just think he was like a freak because so he was tall, right? He's like six four or something like that, and then he was <clears throat> crazy fast, four four three speed. And he was he was just out there with always he invented moss right so you got moss yeah so like that's a term that we still use today like when I'm playing football out there and you know someone mosses me or I moss somebody it's still gonna be turn a term that's gonna be always used even if he's retired five years ago moss is like the football equivalent of Kobe you know like everyone like those garbage Kobe yep exactly when he when he made a catch over somebody he jumped on in the air to do it. Uh, you must Yeah. So that's that's a turn. That's a, a crazy thing that I thought of. Moss is a great receiver, man. He just, but that was until January. <laughs> what do you mean? He always disappeared in January in the playoffs. Oh, I see. So yeah, if he so I consider Rice the greatest, but if I had to, but I also that's one of the things that I respected about T.O., when he went to the Eagles, especially because he broke his leg and he still made plays. When you're out there running on broken leg, bro, and you're still making all those plays, man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give it up, man. He, he played his ass off that night. Yep, yep, agreed. But yeah, it's probably them, huh? Like, like, do you think, do you think Moss, To, are up there in like the top three wide receivers? Oh yeah. Well, okay, so so speaking speaking strictly on wide receivers, long since that was your position, what what are your top three wide receivers of all time or right now? Like of that? all time, man, I think I don't, it's gonna be cliche, but me personally, Randy Moss, Jared Rice, Terrell Owens, okay, my, the top three, yeah. Michael Irvin didn't even make your list, huh? No, I really, I really like Michael Irvin, but I think that like Michael Irvin played in a really run-heavy offense. So statistically wise, he didn't have the most stats. Right? I see. Okay, I see what you're saying. He's good though, very good. I think yeah. he's underrated, man. Honestly, yeah. I think, I think if they were more, because he was dangerous back in the day. But then, like you look at Troy Aikman's numbers, a yeah. lot of. I think only one season he had over over 20 touchdowns, right? Like, it was just one. Yeah. But the majority of the time, he was under 20 touchdowns a year. So, yeah. To put him in an offense that was 
pass heavy like the Niners back in the day, he would have he would have uh, been up there with the top five in my opinion. The way that the way that Michael Irvin was playing at the time. Yeah. I, that, yeah, that makes sense. I get it. That's when you guys had Emmett. Emmett was a big deal. Yeah. Oh, and I know he's not on the Niners or the Packers, but or he or he's on the Packers, but not on the Niners or the Cowboys. But you know who else? And Joe will remember this guy, Sterling Sharp. Oh yeah. Can you imagine? Yep. Sterling Sharp. You say you know him too, right? Like, if he was, if he was on the Packers when the nine, when the Packers were getting their at, were kicking the Niners to the side all those years, that they would have won more Super Bowls, man. Yeah. Because Sterling Sharp, man, he was he was a freaking nature at the time. He was a bad boy, that's for sure. I yeah. guess he ruined him, man. Yeah, he got hurt. Yeah, you see, this kind of these kind of conversations were really, really fun to have when I was a kid. And we would just be talking football all day, huh? Remember that long? Yeah, all day. It was always like, who's your favorite wide receiver? I would always be like, Joe, who's better, this guy or that guy? And it was just a week-to-week basis. You would always have to update your resume, you know? Yeah. I'd be like, oh, did you did you guys see this Sunday's games? Because just, just how you guys are talking about, be, you know, you guys watching football all day. That's what I used to do as a kid, but I like study it. And then I'd go to school and I try to play every position the way that my favorite player from that position played, you know, try to make catches like whoever my favorite whiteout was, throw the ball like whoever, you know, just tackle all that. It was so much fun to talk about. And but, but go ahead. I was going to say, and it's, it's funny to, to talk about that because when you started training, it still played a big part in your life because we used to watch the combine and see what type of workouts they do and yeah. execute in the class. Yep. I, yeah, I would watch the combine to get ideas for um, for exercises that I'd give to the class. It wouldn't be combine exercises, obviously. That's like elite level stuff, but I would try to break it down as best as I could and have people in class do that for like agilities, you know, conditioning, whatever the case may be, right? So yeah, I would watch the combine just to basically like study how they move. So it was really, really... Uh, sports played a really big part in, in why I became a fitness trainer. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that's basically why I became a fitness trainer. But, you know, like as you mentioned earlier, we just got some other things to worry about, which is why I don't watch it the way that I used to. But, I, you know, when any, anytime I get a chance to talk about it, it it's fun. I, I enjoy it. But well, It is really cool to watch you uh, from this aspect, too, because I'm also a fitness coach myself. And yeah. Say, and I'm also a... I'm also a believer of functional patterns and how the body's supposed to move. When, if you guys remember in the archives during the first sports session, we've talked about, we we're talking about the mobile quarterbacks and Joe and, and you started noticing that Joe and I were getting really into the mechanics of how it's done. The mechanics of how the throw is done. Why people, why players like Mahomes or Russell Wilson or, Steve Young, et cetera, were, were so successful as quarterbacks was because they had perfect mechanics to go along with their, with their talent. You know, like it was, it's, I think your fandom went from stats and the, did you see this play to that went to, oh man, did you see how smooth that pass was? Did you see how the mechanics of it was? Yeah. It, it, it changed. It changed as far as uh, my, I guess you could say, the perspective on which I'm viewing it at. It's not so much that anymore. It's more, it's more over here. 
towards the athleticism, the mechanics. Oh, you know, I wonder what kind of training they're doing, all that kind of stuff. Um, evolved. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Speaking of evolved, mm-hmm. um, I know that uh, nowadays with all the concussions that's been going on in the major leagues, um, you know, and, and, and all the things changing in the game that way, I know that that's even trickled down, obviously, to the kids playing football, right? And parents are worried. Parents, coaches, and, and organizations are worried about the kids, mainly parents, of course. Uh, worried about the kids getting concussed, kids getting injured, longevity of their children. Are they going to develop brain damage? So flag football is really transitioning over to like the major football, I guess. It's not no tackle with pads anymore. It's flag football. And I know Long, Long, you're still playing football. Like you play competitively in an adult flag football league. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I... um. I just started playing flag football a couple of years ago. <clears throat> well, I originally started like just pickup. I used to play with the same, same guys every weekend for about a year. And then, you know, we, we, we started realizing, Hey, there's actually local leagues out here in the Bay area. So we're like, Hey, let's just, you know, try it out. You know, we, but when we were playing the flag football every week, it was like kind of like more so f- like real football as in, as not, but we were just using flags. Right. So when I started, we, we made a team called U7. U7. Uh, we went to go play in um, in the local league. That's when we realized it's like 20 teams out here. So big. Half of these people I never even seen. And we live in the same city, right? And then um, just playing flag football, we learned like it's a different game. It's not regular football. I mean, there's moves like dips, hips and you know jump in while you're trying to evade it's crazy right and then you know met a lot of good people i'm still playing today i'm playing for this team called the curry bombers now who in the bay area is the best flag football team um i'm playing with them right now but i still have my team u7 i'm playing with them even in covid circumstances that just kind of shows how big flag football is now people are still playing you know uh, safely mass on everything during COVID you know in the Bay Area we're not really playing as much but we're traveling to other places so there's there's places cities that are hosting tournaments and my team kind of loves football so much that we will travel so it's not that it's not unusual for us to go over there and then realize we're not the only team that travel there there's teams like from other places that made miles miles flew in to travel for this weekend's tournament um it's got that big huh yeah it's big man it's so big um i know it's so big that i know it it got announced on nfl that in 2022 it'll be an olympic sport played which is super big i just think seriously yeah flag football has gotten so big i think because it's less injury less impact than contact football Uh um I read an article on the NAIR or NAIA that they were giving out women's scholarships now for flag football, uh, full ride, which is crazy. Just women's right now. I know um, eventually, I mean, I could see it doing male and women, but um, they're giving women's flag football because what flag football is being played D2 now in universities and schools. And then um, not just America, but it's being played in Germany, Mexico, Brazil, 
so many flag football players and like I think America wise is a little bit slower than they are picking it up but um they are playing it's big it's super big right now we just want to I'm trying to get to that level where we travel internationally and play with them you know bro that's crazy so hold up hold up I, I, I gotta take it back a little bit so okay just just for our audience and I mean for me too if I'm being real so football's gotten so big right flag football not not tackle not pass but flag has gotten yeah. so big that they're playing it around the world, an American sport. Not not football, not soccer, but <laughs> American football, right? Yes. Okay. And then secondly, more women are taking up the sport, right? Because <laughs> it doesn't have the contact. And women are getting scholarships to play football, like, like to go to college. Yep. I've seen it. I've seen articles of it, and I've I've seen um, I've been to local tournaments or travel tournaments, and I've seen all women teams, uh, and they're awesome, super good. Sometimes the women games get way more attraction from the audience than like the male games because it's so crazy and fun to watch. Like the latest tournament I went to in Arizona, I watched like two games in a row because we were just so amazed how good they, these girls are at football. You know what I mean? It's so crazy to watch them this juke is crazy. and catch you know what? And throw, throw farther than some of the males. Like some of the girls could throw 60 yards. It's crazy. Dude, you know what? I'm, I mean, it's okay. This is what's crazy. I'm not surprised that, mm -hmm. that when kids and we were playing, we, and we would play like two hand touch with them. Remember that? Yep, I remember Julie and all them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there was like a, a like five or six, seven girls that used to play with us on a regular basis, and they were good. They were fast. They could catch. They could throw. They, you know, they, they could they could defend. Right. They they played like a corner because you know when you're a kid you don't have line and everybody's a wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so I'm not surprised that women that women are good at it and they've grown up to be good at it. What I'm surprised is the fact that the sport's grown so much that schools colleges are uh, uh, adopting flag football teams and they're giving women scholarships for it and then number three is that this is going to be in the olympics you said next year yep next year <clears throat> it'll be i've seen it it was posted on actually nfl's uh official instagram and and dot com website really okay Bro, that's crazy yeah, man. I I think some of my players, my teammates, is actually in the runnings to play in that team. So we'll see. I'm, I'm rooting for some of them. I think our quarterback and our wide receiver is in the runnings, like uh, to play in that national team. So we'll see. I just wanted to go back to the to the girls playing football, man. That was like that's that's so cool to hear, right? Because you go like oh, football's a quote unquote man sport. Guys, boy, that's what's the stereotype when it comes to masculinity? Like they go like, "Oh, I'm gonna go watch some football." Yeah, nah, man. I knew some of the some of the baddest football players I, I've known in my life, man, were girls. Like I remember in middle school, we'd uh, play flag football. We'd also play tackle football every now and then, right? The best pass rusher was actually one of my friends was a girl. Wow. And she, she like we could like no one could block her, <laughs> like she wow. was vicious. And it was heartbreaking to her. Yeah. And I remember she would, and I remember she would tell us about how 
how she thought I was the dumbest thing, man. Why can't girls play football, man? What the fuck? Like, <laughs> like man, that's such that's such bullshit that we can't do it, man. I'm better than all of you bitches, and you guys are all playing football out there. And she's just like degrading us, right? Like, but she was as athletic as they came, man. She could. You could, if you wanted her on offense, she could be your running back. She could be the quarterback. She had a cannon too. Yeah, for sure. I I believe it because, like I said, I've been watching flag football for a year, traveling and playing, and I've seen girls that like shock me all the time how good they are. You know, I I'm not even surprised, honestly. Me neither. I, the 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 only the only thing was was the contact. I mean. Women are great athletes. They can be agile. They can be quick. They can be fast. They can run and throw just like we can. You know what I mean? It was it was only the contact that was you know uh, scaring people why girls shouldn't play. But obviously that's going on with guys too, right? Which, which is why more people are, are going to flag football so they can better take care of themselves. And you know what the funny part is about that, Joe, and, and you know this because you're also um, a kinesiology or kinesiologist yourself. When it comes down to it, if we're going to be completely honest, women are more tolerant of pain than we are. They're, they have a higher pain tolerance than we do. So the fact that it's like, oh, it's it's, it's too much, uh, it's too violent for them. I'm like, man, they can probably take it better than we can if we're going to be completely honest. Yeah, I agree. And it's just crazy because I'm after playing in these leagues in the Bay Area, I've connected with a lot of people. I realized like the flag football is community is is so big. Like I got people, I met people traveling, ballers, and we kind of keep in touch on social media. But it's just crazy because like flag football is like our version of the NFL community in a weird way. Like we all have our flag football picture on our Instagram, just like the NFL players have their you know NFL pictures on their Instagram, right? And it's just, it's just like when we post something, we all show love to each other, you know, it's, it's just crazy to see, you know, and it, it feels like we're our own NFL in a weird way. I think the fact, the fact that the, the game's, uh, you know, uh, globalizing uh, and it's going to be with that, it's going to be put into the Olympics and women are getting scholarships to go, to go to college for it. I mean, you guys basically are now, you know what I mean? I yeah. agree with that. I mean, not basically. You are like that's yeah, that's huge, Because think about it at the t- at the same time, like some of those countries that you name, Brazil, Germany, you know, they don't even play American football out there. Yep, they don't. So it's so the fact that flag football is taking off, and um, you see you see the growth of flag football. I mean, that's very significant. Mm-hmm. It's very significant because they, like I said, they don't even play American football out there. They play rugby. So the fact that they're out there accepting flag football and they're starting to offer scholarships for it, and that it might become an Olympic sport, that's that speaks volumes to the growth of the game and just just keep doing what you guys are doing because it becomes so because right now it seems like it's underground and you guys are, are like a like a like a like your own family kind of almost in a way, right? Yeah. Or like a like a like a fraternity in a, in a ways. Now it's becoming. Now it's become now it's starting to happen all over the world. So I mean that's that's all you can ask for. You just get a little more coverage, and it's gonna and it's gonna come. I think. Give it a couple more years. I think it's gonna come. I think so too. I think it's only getting bigger, and it's definitely a sport 
I want to continue playing as I get older, just because I'm, I feel like I'm getting better at it each day. And then, um, yeah, I'm excited to see where, where, where it's at in a couple of years. Long, are there, are there any, um, okay, th this, this is, this question is coming uh, off the simple fact that the football is going to be an Olympic sport next year, right? So are there any NFL players that are trying out for like the Olympic sport or like playing flag football to get ready because it's going to be an Olymp Olympic sport since they posted it on the NFL uh, network? Yeah, actually in that, in that specific NFL post where, you know, I had a picture announcing Olympic, announcing flag football will be in the 2022 Olympics. There's all types of NFL or previous NFL players posting on it. Like, I'm ready, I'm ready. For example, I think I saw, like, Javin Best, Pierre Garçon, Michael Vick, um, all commenting on it, like, we're going to be in it. Um, and and it's, it's possible, you know. It's, you can only have one big team, but flag football and regular football is so different. They're going to be way more athletic. NFL players will probably be way more athletic than a lot of flag football players will be. But flag football, you just have to have, like, it's a different sport. You get pitched back. And like I said, you have to run and move a different way than when you when you ran with pads, you know? Mm. Um, I actually, uh, I did not, but some of my teammates played uh, with Javid Best. Dominique Rogers and Cromartie played against them. Wow. And, and they, they'll tell you, like, super fast, super strong, smart. But when it comes to flag football, it's just a different sport. There's certain plays that will work and certain moves that won't work in regular football, but will work on flag. So mm. it, it is gauging NFL and past NFL players' interests because they want to continue playing in the, like a, a less contact way. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, bro, that's going to that's be dope. That's going to be dope. I can't wait to see it. Can I yeah. ask you a quick question, though, because you just talked about the differences between uh, tackle football versus flag football, and you said that it's a different game. Yeah. Can you go a little more into, like, the different the, the intricacies of the differences of the game, just, like, the mindset versus and flag yeah. football versus, versus, say, tackle football? So I played both. I played football, traditional football, when I was in high school and college. Uh, and then I play flag football. When you play traditional football, you're taught to kind of hold the ball under your arms, can't get stripped, you know? But in flag football, there's no contact. You can't get stripped. Uh, flag football, you want to get as skinny as possible and move your hips. So whenever I have the ball, I hold the ball one hand as I'm running because it gives me the option to pitch it back. In a weird way, it's like ultimate Frisbee, right? Yeah. And obviously when a guy's coming to get my flag, you can't truck or anything or juke left and right. Sometimes it's more about getting skinny and turning your hips. And then when you see them go for your flag, you got to like do a karaoke. So it's all about evading a weird evading weird style of moving your hips. And then obviously in tackle football, it's about running them over or going left and right, you know? So it's a big, big difference. I know it doesn't sound that different, but it is a big difference. Even in flag football, we have this thing called dips. When, you're, when I'm running towards you, I'm going to get as low to the ground. We call it a dip. And then it's one of the most, like, popular moves right now. 
Mm-hmm. If you look at the cover, you look at the cover of this episode, it might give you an idea of what the dip is. <laughs> so with that being said, man, I think when you say also that this could extend someone else's career in playing football. I mean, after they, their body takes such a beating, would they be able to do this a little longer? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, the con- there's no contact, so that helps a lot. And then um, it's just a different joy in playing flag football than, than, you know, different sport, different different type of feeling. And I think you definitely could prolong your football career playing flag. Um, one of the choices we had out here is semi-pro football. And that's something I, I did not uh, want to do because, you know, I'm getting older. It's those hits are going to, you're not going to recover as quick as you were when you're 18, 19, 20. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I, I never chose to play semi as I got older. You want to share what's on your jersey? <laughs> oh, I got, so my team, U7, stands for Universe 7 from uh, anime, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. And then we uh, we just customized it and said love and hate, um, kind of like to to boost the be a Black Lives Matters uh, movement at the time. So it's just trying to unite people together. I think I knew somebody on that team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, who who's that? Joe, you want to tell us? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I was a special guest on there for a little while. What? How, how many games was I there for long? You invited me for like three games? Yeah, four games, two weeks. Yeah, it was fun. I, I had a good time. It, it uh, Honestly, um, I wasn't ready for the speed of the game because I had been out for a long time. Um, so I don't think I played as best as I, as I should have and I could have, but I did all right. Yeah, we kind of threw Joe into the fire. Like, we had been practicing. <laughs> Joe lives a little far from us. He lives, uh, you know, like 40 minutes away. So he can't really attend all our practices. So he never went to any actual practices. We just said, hey, come show up on game day. And he had to learn on the fly. So I respect Joe for trying it and getting to see the difference. Just, it was hella fun, though. I had, a, I, had a, I had a good time. Dude, I used to, I remember when we used to play pickup games, and Joe and I would be on the same team. I'd be I'd be a QB, he'd be the receiver, and Joe would just tell me, Joe just tell me, chuck it, chuck it wherever you want, like just throw it. I'll be there. I would chuck it all the way down the field, and then next thing you know, you would see Joe sprinting at full speed, and he had the ball in his hand. Yep. We so we, young Joe. You, you can probably still do it though. That's a funny thing. Like we went to a we had a barbecue a couple years ago over at our at our gym. And we had a pickup game going. I'm I'm begging Joe to play with us. I'm uh-huh. like, no play. He's like, he's like, he's like, nah, bro, I'm chilling. And he stayed in that same spot the entire game. That's the entire day because he was just chilling. And I'm like, dude, come on, play with us. He's like, nah, bro, I ain't going to play. No, 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 no. So I, I'm looking for someone to have a defense. Then later on, Joe was like, okay. Joe gets up, and he's like, okay, throw me one pass, right? He's like, just chuck it. I chuck it up in the air, literally halfway through the field. I throw it <laughs> I throw a hella far, and he's still able to do it. I'm like, man, why didn't you play the pickup game with us? 
because I didn't feel like doing it. And then he walks away. <laughs> speaking, speaking of Joe's game, he actually taught me how to play football as a kid. And I think that like he's probably the best football player I remember as my childhood. Um, and I do think that if everyone has their own past, right? Um, I stayed in San Jose where I'm, where I'm from and Joe had to move. And I think he had a lot of like distractions why he couldn't play where he moved to. Just, you know, moving and all that stuff. And I stayed where I was at. And, you know, I played and I think if Joe never moved and stayed, I think he would have, you know, played, definitely played college. And who knows what would have happened. He was, he, he was a beast. Yep. He was yep. a beast. Uh, I appreciate that. But at the same time, if that happened, he would have never met me. <laughs> yep. no, I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, look at, I mean, I think it all worked out, honestly, but. I'm just kidding. But honestly, he was a freak athlete. I, like I say all the time, and people, he, he's like, nah, I'm not. I'm, just, I'm okay. I'm like, nah, long. Please tell them. Joe was a freak athlete. He was freaking fast as hell. Yep. Fast, strong, could jump, catch, throw. He was pretty much a complete player at that age. What about, or, or we played basketball? The best part would be him guarding, him guarding my brother. My brother would be talking smack because he's because Joe's obviously not that not not the biggest dude in the world. Yeah, he tried to get a shot and bam, <laughs> ejected. And then my, and, and then and then said person would walk away, would walk away like muttering muttering to himself because he was he was and embarrassed. But, it's pretty it's pretty crazy to think about all that, man. When you when when I was a kid, I don't remember half of it, but like you do. Long does, you know, that's, that's Junior, pretty cool. Junior does too. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't really talked to him about that, you know, lately, but. Because yeah, that, that was the best thing. Like, I would have him as a receiver, and Joe would just, I would, like, be, like, the best ones would be, like, throw me a slant. I'm going to do three. He's, like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Three steps, I'm going to throw a slant. I want you to throw it to me once. When I'm about to make the third, when I'm about to make the third step, Chuck it at me. And he'd run in the middle where everybody's like trying to guard him. And he would just put everybody on skates. We had a game out here on the, uh, on the, on the street one night. And he literally put everybody on skates. And it was like, I, like if I were to tell you typical Joe, just like, just like the prototypical Joe moment, that was it. He would be good with the deep passes. But it would be hilarious to watch him do a, watch him do a, a, a slant, and he would just run through everybody. That's the sub. That's the sub. Yeah, Joe is a Joe. Them childhood memories that childhood. I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. It's been it's been replaced by functional stuff. It's <laughs> all good, big dog. Yep. You know what? But hey, you know Speaking what? Of- go go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, but if we continue doing the functional stuff, you know, it, it unlocks more of the brain, power, the brain power, so you might actually remember more if, as we go. I probably will. I probably will. Did you guys talk about the Curry Bombers, his other team? Yeah, he did. He uh, long, long brought him up. But you know what? I, uh, I, want, I wanted to ask you guys something. I think it's, um, it's been a pretty relevant topic, like, the last couple years. It's not necessarily just with, like, 
football, uh, but it has to do with um, it has to do with kids playing sports. Okay, so basically, long. You remember when me and you were a kid, and like we were um, you two, Armando. But you know, just because me and Long played together. Yeah. Um, when we were kids, bro, and if we lost the game or we didn't do well, like we dropped the pass or I threw an interception or, you know, or, you know, I overthrew somebody, whatever, right? You know, you know how we would kind of feel bad, but that we didn't do so well. We didn't play that well in that game, right? Yeah. But, you know, I remember us, we would talk about it like, oh, man, you know, we, we could have done this. We, you know, I should have done that. And then we like, you know, as friends, we would motivate each other, you know, inspire each other and say, hey, it's, it's okay, you know, next time do this, blah, blah, blah. Whenever we didn't do well, we would always use that as a lesson to, to try to do better in the next game, right? Yeah. And that's what made me feel even better when I, when I practice, when I try to get better, you know, when me and you would like play catch and then come, you know, the, the next week at school, we go back to school and now me and you develop this chemistry because we've been practicing, we've been training in a sense, and then we start, you know, killing everybody in the games. So that that pushed us to get better. And I think that's why when I was younger, I was a lot better. You were a lot better. You're still playing, you know. Um, so basically what I'm trying to get at is nowadays within the last, I don't know, five something years, maybe even more, a lot of parents are upset about kids not getting or ha that didn't get trophies for not winning because they say it made them feel bad and then they started handing out participation trophies right mm -hmm. trophies or medals how do both of you guys feel about about that what do you guys think that's that's doing to the kids and how how does that get in the way of them building their character in sports yeah um, participation yeah i mean i'll go i think that I'm, I'm more so against participation trophies for, for kids. Let's say you're like five, six, seven years old and you're playing Pop Warner and you don't know, you probably never played. Let's just say you, this kid never played, always on the sidelines and lost, the team lost, but everyone got a trophy. Um, I think it just rewards like, it rewards not bad behavior, but not like, you know, not good moments. So if you didn't get a trophy, you didn't get the reward, you know, it makes you strive to do better. Like, I want that reward. You watch the winning team get a reward. You want to be the one that wins it. <clears throat> so it just pushes the players or the, you know, the child more to work harder um, rather than, you know, a quick moral support. Like, hey, I played on a team and everyone got one, whether you won or lost, you know. How do you feel, Armando? Well, um, it's funny enough because in the in the possession meeting when we were discussing this, it got a little heated because I misinterpreted what, what what Joe was talking about when in reality we agreed. So as far as the actual participation trophies, I don't believe that that's a good way to go. However, I do think that when the kids are younger, so Let's go with the age of five, five to 10, okay? Let's go that range. I think that they should not be emphasized, winning should not be emphasized at those ages. Because if that's the case, then they, 
one of the things that, because I'm thinking about this as a kinesiologist and sports psychologist, right? Like I'm thinking, and I grew up with someone who was in this situation, right? You have a, a parent who's not particularly as good at the sport, but the kid might be a prodigy, potential prospect. So they put pressure on the kid to the point where they don't love the sport. They don't have fun doing it. So I think that some, so I think fun and enjoyment of the activity and the sport should be emphasized. But as far as participation trophies go, I don't believe in that. Cause I think that that's just, um, it doesn't really, it doesn't give you an incentive to earn something. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Before I used to think I was like, cause I'm thinking that the kids need the kids need to learn how to enjoy it, but I've, I've for some reason I was married to the idea that participation trophies were a way to do it. But now looking at it logically, no, it's not. It's it just doesn't really give them incentive to actually put in a little work to do something. So okay, you you gave up five runs in less than an inning and you and you ruined the team's chance to win a game. Oh, no problem. Here's a trophy. Does it feel the same as like, because I remember having the, I remember having a game, a bad game as a pitcher. And I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't hit the strike zone to save my life one game. And I, and I just kept on getting hit and hit and hit. And then it gave me the incentive to go back and figure out what was wrong. And I figured out my, like a different mechanic, like the, I, I found out that I needed to tweak my mechanics and I was able to, and it felt good to come back and pitch a shutout the next game. Those are the type of feelings that you want. You want to be able to come back and do something better, right? Yep, I agree. What about you, Jojo? What do you think? Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with both you guys. Um, I think kind of like that little story I told before, you know, you, you got to develop, it made me develop resilience. Yeah. That, that I'm not always going to, I'm not always going to win. It teaches you how to lose. And what I mean by teaching you how to lose is you, you never really lose, right? You have to develop that mindset that, okay, I have to learn something here. I lost. So now I have to learn some, what's the lesson that I could take from this as a kid. I obviously didn't think like that, like no. the way that I'm explaining it and articulating it to you guys. However, it did, make me want to try harder and get better because, okay, that team beat me. Those guys beat my team. So I have to go back and learn some and share this with my teammates, share these new plays, these new techniques, whatever, and then get better. So not only did, did it develop my character um, as an individual, but I felt like it made me a better leader and it developed, it helped develop the character of my team. It helped build camaraderie, right? Learning how to work together to make something happen. So I, I feel like there's a lot of good things that that um, that losing taught me and not always getting rewarded just for participating. But that I have if I want an award, um, if I want to be um, what's the word? Uh, I guess uh, looked at looked at that way by my teammates that I had to earn it. I had I had to come to school with some new information to help them. So, you know, that's, that's how I feel about it. And I feel like if kids get those participation trophies, 
it's going to take that away. Basically what you guys were explaining, you know, the f teaching them to learn how to work hard for something. So basically what you're saying, bro, is that you learn to adapt. I, I honestly did as a kid. Yeah. But I, I didn't look at it the way that we look at it now. It was like a kid. Like, oh, no, I just, I got to get better. I got to win. Right. Yeah. And, and it, back then you're like, you don't even think about the actual preparation when it comes to a game. You're just thinking, all I got to yeah. do is so hard because you're pretty good at it. Or you just got to like, no, it's like my coach was telling me, he's like, no, what, what happened was that you weren't, you weren't looking at your, your, um, your spots. You weren't looking at what the catcher was in the position for the pitches. So yeah. I went, so once I started figuring that out and I started figuring out to what, what's known as the arm slot to the, to release the pitch. Once I figured that out, I, I was, I was okay, but it takes, um, it takes a little bit of time to do that. And you, you appreciate it when you grow up, grow up, but when you're a kid, it's all about winning, 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 winning. But at the same time, sometimes you can have the right, the wrong parents around you too. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, uh, not just for sports, but the fact that, you know, I had to, I had to do better. It taught me how to lose properly. Like I was saying, you know, develop some skills. So I think that's, I think overall it's, it's really good to build kids and, uh, are to develop like a growth mindset, if you will. But it kind of goes back to what Michael Jordan told Shaquille O'Neal the first time he eliminated him in the playoffs. Before you succeed, you must first learn to fail. I think that's a big thing that gets lost in all of these successes is that you had to fail at certain points in order to know how to adjust, right? Yep, no, I agree. Very good quote by Michael Jordan, best athlete of all time. <laughs> Where's the, he's the goat, man. Well, uh, yeah. that's gonna that's a topic for a different time. But you know, in talking about football, I mean, it wouldn't, it would only be right that we continue the conversation about football, mm -hmm. talking about the event that's coming up this upcoming Sunday, Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty Five. Yes, sir. The Chiefs and the Bucks. Tom Brady again. And you know, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, old school versus old, new school. They're calling the old school golden boy to the new versus the new one. Let's see what happens. I, I guarantee, I know who's a, who's a little bitter about it, though, is Bill Belichick. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, you know, because everyone used to say, like, um, Bill Belichick made Brady so what you think, Joe? What do you think about Bill Belichick and Brady? Uh, what about him? <laughs> do you think that he's do you think that he's happy about <laughs> it? <laughs> do you think that he's happy about it? That Bill that who's happy about what? But that um that Tom Brady made the Super Bowl without Belichick after all these years of um of uh, Belichick hearing that if it wasn't for Brady, he wouldn't have made the Super Bowls. Um, nah, I don't, I don't think Bill Belichick is upset or, or, um, yeah, or feels any negative way towards it. I think he's probably happy about it. I mean, Tom Brady's been his, his quarterback for years. So why would he, why would he be upset that he made it? You know, that whole conversation was something that people outside of the league made up fans, you know, just kind of trying to put their two cents in. So I, I think he's genuinely, 
I think he, he is uh, genuinely happy for Brady, uh, seeing him go with or without him. I can see that. I guess back I also see a part of Bill's being, Bill's uh, competitiveness being like, damn it. Like he made it, he actually made it without, he actually made it there before I could. Like, oh, I, I see. I can I see, see. I can see that. I can see that being, being involved. I don't know about you, Long. What about you? Yeah, no, I definitely could see that too. He could definitely be um, supporting, you know, but we'll see. We'll see how that, we'll see how the, the game goes. Who are your guys' prediction on who wins? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think Mahomes. How's the Bucks defense? They're pretty, pretty good. They're pretty good. Do you think okay, so so I think the real question is Bucks defense or Chiefs defense? Bucks. Bucks. Well, I like the Chiefs too. The Chiefs defense is really underrated too. But I wouldn't put them as um I wouldn't put them in the top half, I guess you could say. If you were to talk about the team, I but I tell you what though, I I'll I think it. I think if you were to ask Mahomes right now what defense he'd rather be facing, this defense or last year's Niners, mm-hmm. tell you this defense. Because last year, because <laughs> last year's defense, they they got after him. They were the ones that gave him problems. I think. I, I think the. Um, I think they could get to the quarterback. I, I think the biggest issue that the the Chiefs are facing is the fact that they have Tom Brady on the other side. Facing them, yeah, that's the that's the biggest that's the biggest difference. I I honestly, I honestly don't really have an opinion on it, man, because uh, I didn't keep up with the games, so I don't know what the Chiefs were really looking like, which is why I'm kind of relying on you guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the I don't know what the Bucks are really looking like, honestly. All I know is Tom Brady goes to the Bucks, they start picking up all these weapons. Uh, I was I wasn't too familiar uh, with how well the defense was playing. So, but they're the Super Bowl, right? And then the Chiefs, it was a little bit more expected because they made it last year and they beat us. Uh, you know, I'm a Niner fan, so they beat us. And uh, I have to disagree with you, Armando. I think um, I think the Chiefs' offense lit up our defense, bro. Uh, we, we we only did so much. That's exactly why why they won. But oh, I think we did as I think we did as well as anyone possibly could against Mahomes. Mahomes is just. Mahomes is just a huge. He's a he's a supernova, man. I don't think anyone's gonna beat him in the shootout. Yeah. If it's a shootout, then I think Mahomes wins. But if you, defense, you 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 think you think Mahomes got Brady in a shootout? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think it, I think right now, yeah, because. But I think if if we're gonna be completely honest, man, honestly, the uh, the Niners' defense did as well as anyone could against. Mahomes in that offense, man. Because yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that we dominated. I'm not saying that because we still got we still got our heart hearts broke in the end. But for the first three quarters, the way that we were playing against him, the way that we were getting in his face, we forced some turnovers. We did as well as uh-huh. we, as we could. And I think I don't know if the uh, Bucks are capable of doing that. I don't know if they. I don't, uh-huh. that's, I don't know if they're capable. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be a good game because Tom Brady is obviously one of the best quarterbacks ever. Actually, 
yeah, one of the best quarterbacks plays this 10th Super Bowl. I just think that he's going to play keep away against Mahomes, probably take long drives, um, you know, and then by the time Mahomes has the ball, he probably feels pressure to score. Um, who knows, man? I, I think the Bucks will win. Um, they're both, this going to be such a good game because I think both teams are really good, but I think the Bucks will win barely, maybe by a field goal or something. But you know what the you know what the difference is this year too that that comes into account because honestly I think it's going to be the Chiefs, mm-hmm. but if I were to be completely honest, Tom Brady hasn't had weapons like this in years. Yep, no, I agree. Yep. Mike Evans, uh, Godwin, Antonio Brown will be playing. Antonio Brown will be playing. I mean, you got some you got some weapons on that team. So I mean. He has people to throw to. He didn't have that. Even in his last Super Bowl, he won. He didn't have that. Yep, for sure. Probably the best ever. Most the biggest receiver he had was Moss. Yeah. And you look at those. You look at those teams and how he won. I mean, now he's on a team that has like he has a decent defense, but he also has he also has weapons. So personally, I think it's going to be the Chiefs, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, Brady pulls it out. What do you say, Joe? If you were to throw a prediction out. Oh, man. That's a hard one. Uh, Like I said, I'm not really – I don't really know too much about the teams, man, so uh, relying on you guys. Um, but considering the fact that Tom Brady is Tom Brady, um, one of the best to ever do it for sure, um, I'll, gi- I'll give him his respect. And then the fact that – you guys both said the Bucks got a better defense. Um, and on top of that, Tom Brady actually has some weapons this time, you know, like some speedy receivers that can get open, you know, some deep threats. I'd, I'd probably go with the Bucks, even though um, I want, I like Mahomes, even though I'd want Mahomes to win, uh, even though he beat us. But uh, speaking of that, I think, um, I think this is the Chiefs, what, second Super Bowl appearance? Third. Third. And and the Bucks is their it's their second? Yeah, this is the Chiefs back to back, but I think third overall. Third overall, yeah. Okay. Back to back. And it's probably the Bucks second, maybe third. But yeah. It but would probably be really crazy too if the Bucks win because the Super Bowl is in Tampa Bay. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that one. It's the first hey, I- time it's ever happened. Or yeah, you know. First time a home team plays plays in their Super Bowl, right? Yeah. The closest the closest thing that ever happened to that was when the Niners played in Stanford. Yeah. Against the Miami Dolphins, they won in, in against the uh, in '84. Mm. That was the closest a home team ever came to actually playing in their stadium. So that's pretty that's pretty crazy. What what if they actually won in their home stadium? You know, that's that's just what I was about to say. My, my bad for cutting you guys off. Um, the, I was going to say that because first year, Tom Brady is is not with the Patriots. He's with a new team. Mm-hmm. The Bucks start picking up all these weapons. They finally got a good defense again since 2001 when they beat the Raiders. And then same year that they make it to the Super Bowl, coincidentally, it happens to be in Tampa. I don't know. It's a little funny to me. Yeah. And um... – it's crazy how big the Super Bowl has gotten. And I mean, 
as podcasters ourselves, maybe one day Joe and I will get to go do our podcast from Radio Row. I'll be pretty tight. I'll be pretty yeah. tight, you know, like just to go visit over there, maybe even go to the game itself, but just to be part of it, it would be great to get that, get that exposure. But maybe that, that'll be down the line. Who knows? Maybe we'll make, make this happen. Listen to the show, you know, support your boys. Subscribe, rate us, give us a, give us those five stars, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy to see like how big the Super Bowl has become, like all of these it's become an event, and I want to ask you guys this: Should the day after the Super Bowl be a holiday? No, no. <laughs> what do you think, Long? Not for me. I don't really drink, uh, but I do know, you know, that's usually what happens when their Super Bowl parties being thrown. A lot of drinking, a lot of you know wildness happens, so they miss work the next day. Or they're out there driving, like, out of their minds the next day, too, so. Yeah, man. Also, like, a lot of gambling, you know. Sometimes people bet so much, and then they lose, and then, you know. Yeah, a lot of uh, violence happens, domestic violence. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just think, uh, no, shouldn't be a holiday. It's not a reason. Only reason I would say is to prevent the drunk drivers out. That would be the only reason I would say Oh, okay. Well, because people are nah, even yeah. the night after, dude. Even the night, like those, the mornings of, like the following, or the like. That's when a lot of the accidents happen. That'll people shouldn't be people shouldn't be drinking that much, anyways. You know, that's not good for you. But you know, it is what it is. But we all agree. That, so no Super Bowl. The holiday, the day after, should not be a Super Bowl holiday. Nah, y'all need to grow up. <laughs> I agree. I agree. We're being soft, right? Yeah. Stay have, a higher, have a higher tolerance. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, what are some? So, as football fans yourselves, what are some of the best matches, Super Bowl matches you've watched, and some of the best moments? Oh, I got to think about this. Let me see. I'm so I'll start off with a moment that's like, and people are going to go like, oh, you're just saying this because you're a Niner fan. Honestly, one of the biggest, I can tell you one of the biggest what the fuck moments off the top of my head. Why the hell did Russell Wilson pass on the one yard line? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I think that's something that's always going to haunt them. At the one yard line, we have Marshawn Lynch second down. He had three tries to go in and I think they wanted uh, Russ to be the hero at that time. Yeah, they, they wanted him to win the MVP. They wanted him to get the stats, and Malcolm Butler just made a big play and picked it off, sealed the win. Does Does Marshawn have a have a ring? Yeah. Okay. Yes, one. Won the year before. They won the year before. Okay. Okay. I just couldn't remember. I want to give a but, story. Yeah. I want to give a story, Joe, about what happened when when we were watching it. So he's watching at his place. I'm watching it over at mine. And we're like, man, and Joe's like, man, I can't believe these motherfuckers are going to win another Super Bowl. They're really going to do it. And there's like less than three minutes left in the in the game. And then the interception happens. And he, uh, and we're both sending each other the picture of Richard Sherman with the look of disbelief on his face. Oh, yeah. I'm a meme. At the time, we hated Richard Sherman. <laughs> Joe and I were just talking about Joe and I were just like, did they really 
you have Marshawn Lynch and you're you're gonna pass it on the one yard line. What the fuck? At the very least, do a, a QB sneak. Yeah, agree. Like we we're talking about, and we we're just and the next day at work, that's all we were talking about. Mm-hmm. That's all anybody was talking about was what the hell were they doing? And um, the best part was watching on YouTube all the reactions of uh, the Seahawks fans when the interception happened. Because it's just like heartbreak after heartbreak, and you're watching it over and over, and all these, and they're like, "We're gonna win. We're gonna here it is, touchdown right here, interception." And they, their energy goes from up here. All of a sudden, they just they just want to hide. Yeah. Look at this belief. What was your reaction when you saw that interception, man? I was in shock, just because I, just because of like you know, in every game situation. That's like <clears throat> a game over type of moment. You have the best. You have the best. You have the um, the beast. Pretty much Marshawn Lynch beast mode at the one yard line. Uh, you know, and it's it just an ideal moment for him to get the ball three straight times, and then they throw a slant, and Malcolm Malcolm Butler picks it. Uh, it was obviously a great comeback from Tom Brady too for that to happen. Because I believe the, the Seahawks were up by a couple of touchdowns in the second half. And, they, yeah. and Tom Brady just worked his way back. And I think Tom Brady was on the sideline before that pick happened, like, it's over type of moment. And yeah. then I think they showed him just jumping up and down in joy because it was such a rare moment. Yeah, because there was a, there, he was also upset because there was an insane catch that got them to the one-yard line. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, it was a crazy catch. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, man. Yeah, I remember exactly my, at my moment. I was watching it with my, my other friend, David, um, and we were just all in shock when that happened. What about you, Joe? What was your reaction when you saw that? Because I remember it, but I share with the audience. Uh, I was just surprised they, they chose that play. I mean, I think me and the whole world thought they were going to hand it off to Marshawn, just like you guys just talked about. I mean, why would you not give it to Beast Mode? You know what I'm saying? When we already know what he's capable of doing. At least you're there, give it a shot, you know, like Long mentioned earlier. I was just like, wow. But I'm not going to lie, I was kind of happy that they lost. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> Same here. Joe, Joe and I just kept exchanging all of these these memes after that, and it was like as a Niner fan and like the Niner Seahawks rivalry, it was like it's something that we'll never forget. And just like, like Seahawks fans will never forget that we lost last year and Etc. Right, but it's one of the funniest. Um, it's become a meme, but also like at the same time, like everyone still questions, why did you do that? Like, why would you? You have one of the best running backs in the game, and you're passing on it. Like, it was just, it was one of the dumbest. I, I would say that's the dumbest play call of all time. Um, and then. Another one was now this one, Joe. I think you you might remember this one when the Patriots in 2007 lost to the Giants. They were perfect oh, yeah. at that point, and they lost. You know, yeah. You guys remember that? You remember that one? Yeah, seven. There, yeah. There's. Yeah, I remember that one. Perfect season on the line. See, those are. I think my earliest memory of a Super Bowl was actually the last one that the Niners won. And the reason I remember that was because my dad would not stop cussing at the TV. Mm-hmm. 
And the whole time I thought that the Niners were terrible and that they were losing. When in reality, Steve Young had one of the most one of the most successful Super Bowl play games of all time. But it was just because my my dad didn't like Steve Young as much as he liked Montana. Oh, for real? Yeah. So I found out about that later on from my mom. That I was like, I thought it was horrible. I thought we lost that Super Bowl. I was like, no, your dad just hated Steve Young. Yeah, but why was he yelling if they were doing good? <laughs> because because the the Niners won 49-26, right? Yeah. But the prior Super Bowl before that, they won 55-10. That's because, come on. You know, my dad <laughs> my dad was mad because they didn't go over 50 again. He's like, man, see, this guy sucks. He couldn't even score 50 points in the Super Bowl. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That was my dad, man. He was he was yelling at the screen, and he was like, "That's that's my first memory of the Super Bowl." Is your pops is tripping, dog? <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, he was definitely tripping. Man. But let's hear from you guys. What if you had to pick? You guys can pick for your your own teams as well. Let's do this. One of our one of our favorite teams from our favorite team, and also just like team in general. What would you say were some of the best? football teams in the Super Bowl era. One one could be a Cowboy, one could be a Niner, and the other or any other team as well. Well, definitely definitely Niners, Cowboys, and like Steelers, since they have the most Super Bowls. Well, I would say which what year would you pick though? Oh, like a specific Super Bowl year? Yeah, specific Super Bowl teams that you would say that were dominant or like that you remember most. If I were to give you, I didn't, I wasn't born yet, but I think I was, I think I was born. I think I, that was probably the way that I was uh, conceived. My <laughs> favorite one was the 89, the, <laughs> the 89, 49ers. Oh yeah. I'd agree with you. That was the, I think that was the, I, I think from my, my opinion, that was the best team of all time, 14 and two. And they just destroyed everyone they played. And especially in the playoffs, and they just destroyed a uh, Broncos team that had a dominant defense and dropped uh, 55 on them. So that would be my favorite team of all time. But as far as other teams that were dominant, I would go with uh, who? I mean, it's kind of hard not to say the 72 Dolphins, right? They went undefeated. Yep, that is true. They didn't lose a game. I, yeah, every year they pop, they pop champagne when when the first right. one last team wins or loses. You can never get rid of them because they were the ones that were undefeated. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's crazy. So what would you guys say? Uh, now that you guys had – so, Joe, you said 89 – you picked the 89 Niners as well, right? 89 Niners, 2001 Buccaneers. I, I really like the 19 – well, I wasn't – like, I didn't know football that much in 1993, but I watched, like, uh, clips. 1993 Cowboys. Oh, yeah. They, I think they went, like, 12-4. and Emmitt Smith had a crazy year. Yeah, and they beat the Packers in that season and the Niners in the NFC Championship. And that was, like, the talk whoever – the Super Bowl. And then, you know, when they beat the Niners – uh, they they kind of beat the Bills pretty bad in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that 93 team was uh, 
that's pretty that's pretty rare. What, mm-hmm. what other team would you pick? Uh I really like um last year's Chiefs too. Mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs is so exciting to watch, you know. Um, so I think the Chiefs will be up there as one. Of, well, we'll see this upcoming next upcoming Super Bowl. But last year's Chief was, you know, there's a meme going on when the Niners are celebrating in the fourth quarter, right? <laughs> and then a couple minutes later, the Chiefs come back and win, right? So that's just how explosive they were. Yeah, um, sure. it took them a while to get hot, but when they got hot, I think they were super explosive. That's okay. I'm glad you. I'm glad you mentioned that because that actually like really upset me when I was watching that Super Bowl. Same here. I'm like, I'm like, why are these guys celebrating? The game's not over. You guys are ridiculous. That that kind of pissed me off. That pissed me off too, and that even pissed off Richard Sherman. He's on. Hey, why are you celebrating? We haven't finished yet. Come on, stay focused. <laughs> like he, he's cussing them all out on the sidelines because they're all like they're all celebrating it's like this shit ain't over they that they, they they lost themselves they cost themselves a ring because of that you know these these young players trying to show off and then that's why this year i mean look how good we did right it's okay we'll be okay with deshaun watson jojo we're, we're gonna be back i don't know we'll see we got a lot more problems than just quarterback but yeah i think i think i think the niners are really good this year for what they have granite's I mean, the Cowboys, too. We just had so many injuries. And I think that's because due to COVID, like, not many teams had the proper offseason. So, those, like, I think this is the the year with the record, like, ACL injuries. Yeah, and Joe and I were talking about that in another episode in the, in the first – I think it was the first uh, sports session, right, Joe, Joe? Uh, we talked about how, how – we were talking about how the lack of a preseason really affected the uh, players. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And because that was just after Bosa got tore his ACL. But yep. when Bosa tore his ACL, there was at least six other players that same week that tore their ACLs, including um, Saquon Barkley. So I think. So, what? No, go ahead, baby. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think that the as much as preseason can annoy us, it actually has a, a purpose. I mean, I, you know, I, I think me and you had this conversation one time in another group chat, uh, like on Instagram, I think. Um, so I, I, I know exactly what you and Long are talking about when it comes to injuries. Mm-hmm. But as far as like, honestly, if the, if the starters get injured, we should have a team with a lot of depth where second or third string doesn't matter, can come in and do a good job. And we should be able to win some games. So that's why I'm saying that the fact that, you know, um, particular players got injured, shouldn't matter. Our team isn't as good as we think it is if we lose some starters and and we can't continue to win games or we can't even continue to progress. So, yeah, no, I definitely hear you. I think, I think that's true too, but like certain positions when you, you don't have that position, like for example, the Cowboys, I felt like we were in like a decent trajectory. Dak was breaking records. And then when he got hurt, I think the season was just morally over for us because he's such a quarterback, such a captain, you know, obviously if Tom Brady, I think Tom, if Tom Brady was hurt like week three, they wouldn't be where they're at right now. You know, even with how good of a team they are quarterback, such an important position in, in the football game, you know? Yeah. yeah, I think you can say that about a lot of teams. I mean, when, as much as we criticize Garoppolo, I mean, 
the, the numbers don't lie, man. We had Garoppolo versus the, the backups of the Niners. The numbers are very different. 22 and 8 versus, I think it's like 8 and 25, something like that. So, I mean, it's a big difference. You know, like you, you have someone that's a leader that's – or that, that has that, that presence, and then you, you have the backup, but it's not the same. Mm-hmm. I know you're Garoppolo guy, Mondo, but he's he's just I'm not, not our guy, bro. He's I'm just not, not our guy. guy. Yeah, he's I'm not probably, you guys will probably replace Garoppolo this year. I, I think we are going to, but I, but I'm not a Garoppolo guy. You guys I'll probably just, draft one or pick up Stafford or Watson. Who knows? It's a lot of good players. Watson or Stafford, I'll be okay with either one, man. But now here's a now here's a big question that you guys. Mm-hmm. So baseball was known as America's pastime and was for a longest time was the most popular sport here in, in this country. Would you say that football has surpassed baseball in popularity and as the pastime? Hmm. I, I do agree. You agree? I, I, I agree on a lot of ways. Popularity wise, football is, in my opinion, like, a lot more entertaining to watch in person and on television. Uh, um, I think that not a lot of teams um, watch football or baseball as much on, on um, not a lot of teams watch baseball on television. I've been to a baseball game. It's way funner to watch in person, right? Yeah. And then baseball is just a lot harder to, to get troops to play. Like football, you can go outside and play catch and play yeah. football two-on-two, three-on-three, run routes, one-on-one. And I just think it's harder to set up a baseball game uh, as an adult. You know, you got to rally the troops to kind of play a full baseball game. First off, first baseman, second, and, you know. Uh, So that's what I think so. And also when I went to high school, we always struggled trying to fill the baseball team. It was always like, come play baseball. And if we don't have enough players, we're going to have to forfeit. While football was always like we had to do cuts type of style. Like we had too many people trying to play football. We had to cut some fat off and like make some cuts, you know? Mm. What about you, Jojo? What do you think? I think in terms of popularity, yes. Even before Long just told us that other countries are playing, that it's now going to become an Olympic sport and that uh, women are, you know, getting scholarships for it. Even before Long told us that. Um, you know, globally, I feel like in the U.S. it was already growing um, more in popularity. But I, I don't think it's more of America's pastime um, because there's only so many games in a season, whereas baseball, you know, the season's a lot longer. Well, not last year due to COVID, but uh, typically the baseball season's really long. So I would say that's still America's pastime. But I'd say uh, as America's favorite sport, America's passion, I'd probably have to say it's football. I have to say, I have to agree with you guys on that. I think it is, the um, NFL is number one right now. Maybe not America's pastime, but I will say this though. And, I'm, and I have a prediction on this because I think basketball will overtake football in a couple of years. Oh yeah? I think so. Why? The reason why is because it has something to do with politics. There's a lot of there's a lot of issues in terms of ownership and inequality in the NFL and the stuff with Kaepernick, etc. Uh huh. So I think that's gonna still have 
that's still going to have a um, that's still going to have um, like a bruise on their on their reputation. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Like when you see the campaigns with MLB and NBA, you can you kind of sense that it's legit. But when you look at the NFL and they're talking about it takes all of us and etc. Right. But it's like okay. It's cool to see that you guys are against um, injustice, but why is Kaepernick not on the field? Whereas the NBA is pretty much run by the players. Look at look at Anthony Davis, man. He wanted to go to the Lakers. He went to the Lakers. Look at James Harden. He wanted to go to the Nets, and he went to the Nets. Yeah, but they're big babies, though. I'll I'll be real with you on that. True, but at the same, but the, but my point is that they're. The players are the ones that are against the injustices. So who runs that league? And then the league is run by those players. You're not going to piss off players like Stephen Curry, LeBron James, or or um, who else is in there? I can't even think of a third superstar. I I, 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 I know what you mean. Like, like Kevin Durant. You can't even, you're not going to piss off those guys because you know that you need them more than they need you. And when, when you put it in terms like that, I want to make sure I go back and clarify what I mean by their big babies is if they don't like the way a team operates, they automatically want to leave and they don't want to work and play hard for that team or for that city. That, that's what I'm talking about. As far as the injustices, it's great that the players run the league because they can get all that stuff out of there. I think another thing to add to the baby part too is that they don't when they don't get things their way, they want to get traded. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like no, let's build a team like this. No, I don't want to build a team that way. I want this. I want it like this. I want it like that. No, it's yeah. You got to build a team like, or they don't like a coach. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, I think today's a generation with social media and all that um players are it's more of a player league now than it was back in the day where you know players didn't have any a ways to voice their frustration and everything like that now like look at Deshaun, Deshaun Watson he wants out Texas right he just said I want out and you know if you follow him on Twitter or you follow a certain player on Twitter you can see his, their frustration you know YouTube now Instagram so many ways for athletes to communicate and uh, engage with their fans and then you can kind of see like it's like a soap opera we're watching you see the frustration or you see how happy they are and you know they can kind of dictate pretty much what team what they, when they want out or not and sometimes they can even dictate yeah. where they want to go right I want to go my the team I want to go to is the Bears right and then yeah they'll make it happen somehow although I will say in Deshaun Watson's case I don't blame him in that situation because that one's a little that one the more information that you get out the more that you that you really look back at to, into his uh, career there in houston there's a lot of there's a lot of sketchiness there on houston's part like the trading of uh trading of deandre hopkins is one but don't let the prisoners run the the, the don't run the prisoners run the asylum that's the owner that said that <laughs> wow yeah. And that's crazy. Said that. And then the other one was the the owner also was against the uh, the inequality movement. He's like, we should we why the hell did we apologize? We didn't apologize for this shit. 
So if he if you have the owner saying that he's not listening to any suggestions that you're saying, or he's or he's not taking um, your people as serious, then what like do you blame Deshaun Watson? Like if you really put yourself in in that position, do you really blame him? I guess I guess my question would be when he said don't let the patients run the insane asylum. No, the prisoners. Oh, excuse me. The prisoners run 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 the asylum. Um, maybe what he's talking about is the other side that we're referring to this about them being big babies when they don't get when they don't get their way, right? Maybe that's what he's referring to, or is it is it is there proof that he was referring to? It was during know, the Kaepernick time. It was in reference to Kaepernick. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah okay. that's true. I, I think it's I think that's just old school. I think that's just old school mindset that that general manager had, you know, and like I said, with social media now, you can't get away with a lot of things you say or do now, you know, it's yeah, always so. going to be top, top story and stuff, you know. And then when the apology happened with, uh, with Dell, he was the one that criti- the the Houston owner was the one that criticized that too. So, Oh yeah. So just like, when you look at that, like, and you put and you put Deshaun Watson in that situation. He's like, of course he's going because he's all about the Black Lives Matter movement, but the owner doesn't seem to be too enthused about it. Of course, of course you're going to be a little. Of course you're going to raise an eyebrow at least, right? Like, okay, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. So I don't. So in that situation, I don't blame him. However, with this platform, I'm going to say Deshaun Watson, why don't you come to the Niners, homie? <laughs> you got yeah. that, you got that no trade clause, man. You can pick where you want to go. They, they play hardball. They play hardball. Oh wait, what's what's the clause? A no trade clause, so he can pick where he wants to go. Oh, for real? Okay. So if there's an offer made from a team that he wants to go to. He's like, they'll be like, okay, this team made an offer. He's like, I don't want to go there. So let's say, let's use two teams, right? Like, if the if uh, the Jets came up. And they said, hey, the Jets came up with this offer. Would you want to go there? He says, no. But Miami comes up and they say, hey, Miami came up with this offer. He's like, I'll go to Miami instead. So mm-hmm. even if the Jets come up with the best offer or the Niners come up with the best offer or Miami comes up with the best offer, he doesn't want to go there, he can turn, he can go somewhere else. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know he had that in his contract. That's good for him. So he he did well on that one because – but. He just signed his contract this year, so this is this is a new situation. So we'll see where this goes, man. Yep. Although, if I'm going to be completely honest, I don't see it happening with the Niners, but it's good to dream every now and then. You know what I mean? Dreams are fun. Long, what were you going to say? Oh no, no, I just had a sneeze. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Looked like he was trying to talk. Well, <laughs> hopefully we can get Deshaun Watson. We'll see. We'll I see. What happens. I I hope the Niners don't give up too much for him though. Yeah, Watson or Watson or Stafford, I'll be I'll be good with both. Both of them are great quarterbacks. I, I feel like I would I would like to, so to add to your what you said earlier. Yeah, I'm not a Garoppolo guy. I think uh, I defended him because he was a Niner, but that was it. But he he frustrated me this season, man. You can't, you got to be available, man. Uh, a hurt ankle, if that's the only reason why you're not playing, then then that speaks volumes about you. And and the other thing that made me upset, 
So I want to say it was week 15, around the time that we were playing the Cowboys. There was footage of him practicing, and he couldn't play. If you can, if you can practice, why can't you play? Like, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And so he had a I'm lot already of frustrated with him before, like going into the season, but going, but when he did that, I was like, that's it. For sure. And yeah, I was like, for your team. Yeah, we had a lot of games this year where he performed bad and then, you know, gets yanked like in the second half. I don't know. I don't see that as like a starter material. If you're gonna get yanked and no. then come back next game. So when he plays, he's he can be good, but you got to be able to play, man. You got to be able. You got to be available. And that's that's what we try to do here at the Adapt Station, right, Joe? We, we're always here every two weeks, maybe every now and then a bonus episode like this. But we're <laughs> always here. We're always here. We we give you an episode every other Monday, Adapt Session Monday, right, Joe? Adapt Session Monday. That's what we try to do. We do our best. We show up. And we, and if we have to film it at 5 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock at night or whatever, we'll do that. We got to make sure we'll be here every time. Long, thank you for joining us. Maybe we'll have you on for another episode down the line. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, I, de- I look forward to it. I hope I'm on for anything. You guys let me know. I'm, I'm free. Thank you guys for joining us for this uh, special edition of a sports session. We discuss football. We love the game. It's growing a lot. Flag football has grown a lot. Hopefully it keeps growing. Maybe we'll join you in the future. Yep. You guys take it easy. Later, squad. Later, squad. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.